Hey guys, good evening and welcome to Bethel Radio Hour um, on a stormy April Wednesday night. It is that. Oh I was God. thinking, who'd go out on a night like this? Do you remember those commercials from Ameren? Who'd go out on a night like this? And it shows the linemen. And I was thinking, <laughs> that's right. That's the only people that go out on a night like this because they have to. They have to. And the fine people that came get, here tonight. That's so. right. Get paid to, yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, so we have, as usual, three topics to discuss. Um, the first one, Ben, I'm going to let you set this up um, as it's your baby and uh, talking about growing in the word, growing um, in our confidence in the word and in the Holy Spirit. So uh, two weeks ago, I uh, found myself uh, talking with a, a young man and he uh, comes to church and, you know, he hears the preacher talk about and Bradley also when he preaches about hearing the Lord and the Lord telling us this, that, or the other. Uh, and so he's sitting there in the pew thinking, I don't have that experience. I, I don't, you know, know what they're talking about. So basically the, the legitimate question was, is there something wrong with me? And Brad and I both assured him that there wasn't anything further from the truth, that, uh, you know, I'm 55, going to be 56 years old. Uh, yeah, I've been saved since I was five years old, so I'm 50 years old in the Lord type thing. I'm going to be 51 in July. And so uh, I've read after a bunch of men. I've, I've had the same experience. Uh, when I first got started into preaching, I would hear preachers say about that same element. And I also tried to let him know that uh, there's some men, John MacArthur included, that does not like that terminology. Uh, he feels like that it's misleading, uh, you know, and, and I get it, I, I really do, uh, because I, I share that concern. I believe that uh, people can get caught up in the emotional, uh, ooey-gooey feelings and the whole being, in, again, in quotations, led by the Spirit. Um, and, and before you know it, they're hearing new revelations. They're, they're you know, I, I got a fresh word from God today. Well... You know, if that fresh word from God was quit drinking as much coffee as you do and things like that, I, I, I get that. I well, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I got a Diet Mountain Dew here. I couldn't use that. Um, I'm going to try to block that one out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But my point is, is that uh, th there's just such a fine line there on what that means and what it can't mean. And so w when I talk about hearing from the Lord, I am talking about a daily walking in the Spirit. And that's scriptural. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, 18 and following talks about, you know, be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. And, you know, a lot of people want to get caught up in the alcohol situation, whether for or against. That is a sidetrack. That verse is talking about just as you would give yourself over to alcohol if you drank enough of it. And it takes control. And it takes control. You are to give yourself to the Spirit, and He takes control. And so uh, it, it's basically giving the reins of your life to the Spirit. Well, when you do that, He's going to communicate to you. And, you know, I love the, the line in uh, Experiencing God by, um, it'll come to me, Henry Blackaby that I think it's reality number four, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and then he names four things, through the Word of God, prayer, the church, uh, and other people. I think he also adds circumstances in there, but again, that whole trap of getting caught into emotional 
areas, that circumstances, as far as I'm concerned, is the least of the ways that God speaks to you. I, I, I assume that everybody has had a friend like I have that anything that happens is a window or a door or, a, you know, they, they read everything into everything. Uh, so so if, they, if they hit their finger with a hammer, that's God speaking to them. <laughs> you know, and, and don't get me wrong, sometimes God can uh, and, and that's up to God and, and, and the such. But I, I guess, and, and I, I fear I'm going in circles here, because ultimately what I'm going to ask these, this panel here is what has God used to help you grow in your relationship with Christ? But what I, we tried to communicate to this young man was that uh, as he seeks the Holy Spirit, as he seeks the Word, he's going to grow, and he's going to start hearing the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, uh, because there's another verse that says, test the spirits, Try, make sure that you're listening to the Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit of God is always and only going to speak through what His Word will support. Well, and you've also said in the past that if there is confusion at all in the mix, that is work of the devil. So when you're testing the Spirit, if you're confused in a situation, right. it is clearly not the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Peace arbitrates God's will. And so, um, you know, I, I do believe that God speaks to me. I, I hear him almost on a daily basis leading me and guiding me, but it is because of the exposure to God's word. So to clarify, not in an audible voice. Not in an audible not voice. That's that very good. Physically here. I've, Correct. I've heard a lot of pa pastors say, I heard the Lord say, and then they'll say, not in an audible voice. Yeah, like yeah. they'll clarify Bad. that. <laughs> yeah. Not Although with, sometimes don't we wish that that is how it yeah. came I down. Oh, a, oh, no doubt. A three by five card. I take a three by five card. And that's the truth. The five most important Like a text message? A text like, message, no, yeah. not that, this. Well, not so this, this. along those lines, you guys have heard me say, I heard God speak, not with this ear, and I point to my physical ear, but with this ear, and I point to my heart. And so, so correct, we, we don't believe that God speaks in an audible voice. Can he? Certainly. He has chosen not to, because he already he put it all down in his Bible. Uh, and so, uh, but who lives inside of us? The Holy Spirit. Who's the author of the Bible? The Holy Spirit. And so, as you give the Holy Spirit his word in your memory... He will use that on a daily basis to lead, guide, and direct you. I can't tell you how many times I hear the verse, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. You know, uh, I, I've told you I've got a scar still here on my wrist. It was several weeks ago. I finally cleaned it up off the concrete floor today. Uh, but I was getting something out of the toolbox. I had so much clutter around my feet that I lost my footing. So I fell with my hand in that toolbox, so the entire, this is a pretty good-sized toolbox, I fell, it almost broke my wrist, and I had to physically jerk my hand out of it, or it would have, uh, and so I'm laying flat on my back, looking at the Lord, I, you know what I'm saying, looking in the sky, saying, okay, Lord, you went to a lot of trouble to get me here, is there anything that you want to tell me, you know? <laughs> I'm listening. A amen, yeah, yeah, I'm all yours, Lord. <laughs> And let's I, forget about those few words that came out yeah. on the way down. Because <laughs> <Just laughs> yeah. I was going hunting the very next day. I'm going to crawl 30 feet up in the air in a, in a tree stand that's 20 years old. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'd rather hear from you now yeah. <laughs> than fall out of the tree, high. you know, with a broken neck. He was okay. just giving you a taste of what five feet. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Do you really want to climb that tree? Okay. So one or two things that God has used uh, 
in, you know, an experience maybe that, that you have grown? Because that's what the conversation turned into, was Brad and I just explaining how we have gotten to this point. Realizing and, how much God wants it is hey, important. Good stuff. Uh, from the very beginning, we were made and designed for a relationship, and he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in the garden. It, it seems like that's part of his design, is to, to commune with us, to walk with us, to fellowship with us, to find a, a time of the day in the cool of the day. Uh, there's a specific time mentioned that you put aside for fellowship with the Lord, and it could be a walk in the woods. It could be a walk down the street. It could be a quiet time in your basement, uh, your, your happy place. Um, but providing a time, it's part of his design. Uh, from the beginning in the, the nation of Israel, he commanded them to put shoe bread out every day as a symbol of God wanting to commune with them every day. Um, he ultimately, he sent his son, uh, named him Emmanuel. One of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to be with us. Uh, and in heaven, that's his ultimate design is to, for us to be his people and him to be our God and us to dwell with him forever. Knowing his heart is to, to commune with us is a big part of it. And it's not this young man that came to you is not, shouldn't be looking at anybody else saying, uh, I must. I have to do what they they're right. doing to, for God to talk to me. God wants to talk to you right where you are in your circumstance, from your family, history, heritage, whatever. God's ready to speak to you in that circumstance. There's nothing special you have to do other than listen That's and it. prepare your heart um, to be with Him. So that that said, commitment is one. Make a commitment right. to that time or to the to the relationship. You can't. You can't plant a garden, walk away, and three months expect a lot of fruit. It's something you tend to every day. Trust me, yeah. <laughs> Ditto. So commitment to it. Um, Revelations 3.20 says it too. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in with him and sup, come into him and sup with him. Again, another v verbal commitment to God coming in and communing with you or, or visiting with you or just sharing a cup of coffee. I, I dare say that since God created it, he likes coffee or he likes tea or he, I, I'm not so sure about Mountain Dew, but for sure. Coffee. Likes a coffee, for coffee sure. and tea and uh, That's things awesome. that he'd love to sit down and have a cup with you. Um, bread, he, you know, he, he, I'm sure he enjoys the things that he created uh, and he would love to do it with us. So have a community communion with us. So, as far as understanding God's heart, and I think that's half, and then two, you committing, you're the other half, committing to the time to sit down and do it. Tom? Uh, it, you know, and I think people get confused on language, too. You know, God's yes. not constrained with a language, you know, the English alphabet. You know, he, he works in many other ways, especially, like, with blind and deaf people. You know, facial, that's why we talk about uh, don't text somebody if you have a problem with them. Right. You can't convey the emotion. Right. So God can speak to you in any form he wishes. You know, um, with me, the hearing is a feeling um, that, you know, or like when I move during a song service, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me through that song. Or, you know, so I when I got up uh, Sunday morning and talked, it was the last service that finally broke me. Because I was like, you know, I was feeling so sorry for myself. All the junk that went on up to that point and the family troubles and all that. And I'm like, I got a Savior. I got a God that loves me. Man. You know, that, that's all I need. Yeah, the other things are going to hurt. But everybody else in that room was hurting from something. You know, that's sin nature, you know. 
But uh, so one thing that um, I wanted to share, anybody who's had a experience with God will never forget it. That's one thing that Amen. proves to me that faith is real. Right. You know, because I've had people tell me stories and, man, it seems out there, but they believe it. You know, and they're like, that was God, you know. And, it, you know, as long as it's not unscriptural or something, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. give it to them. You know, I've had experiences right. that are hard to explain. But I remember one of the first ones when I was about 10 years old. And I'll never forget it. I was riding bikes down on Indian Creek uh, at the corner of Project and Little Indian and Old Highway K. And it was the middle of the day because we used to be able to do that back in the 90s. And just riding by myself. And a group of teenagers come down in a Jeep. And, uh, Terry, you probably knew them because... It was probably high schoolers about that. probably my sister. It, well, you never know. Well, it was a yellow Jeep. I don't know. Depends on what they did. But anyways, it was they were drinking and partying and hollering and, and, you know, coming up on me quick. Sure. And, well, they basically started harassing me. Oh, boy. And as a 10, 11-year-old boy, oh boy. Scared you to scary, death. you know. And, you know, and I'd heard the stories, you know, whatever, from people kidnapping or getting beat right. up. You know, and they're just hollering at me doing all that. And I was just scared to death. Well, they, they took off and made the left on the project road. And I was so scared, but I was out in the middle of a field. Anybody who's listening knows where I was at. And so I remember just talking and praying to God. I wasn't saved for another seven, eight years later, but I was like, I need help. You know, and I just remember feeling God tell me, don't turn around, just keep riding home. And I remember I was just pedaling and I could hear that Jeep, you know, they're tearing it up down the road and hooping and hollering. And, and so I made the corner on the little Indian and I'm pedaling as fast as a boy could pedal and I just kept feeling don't turn around and I think through that faithfulness I could hear the jeep you know when I could see my driveway and this was a span of three to five minutes you know and well that jeep was making its way back to me now and I was scared but I would not look behind me and I remember as soon as I got into my driveway there was a big cedar tree there and I ditched the bike and I jumped into that cedar tree <laughs> and uh, that jeep flew by me they never saw me never saw the bike again and I truly believe that that was faithfulness on not turning around, trusting God was with me. It right. gave me some comfort that they didn't catch up to me. Or still remember it. Yeah, and I still remember it. And that's one of those issues that, you know, I think it, it was an act of God that 30, how many years later, that it still moves me as much. But so with that, I think God protected me from obedience. Um, it was growing, uh, growing comfortable in my confidence with him, turning around. Um, so with that confidence was like leading my grandfather to Christ. When I was driving away, um, I was in town when I got a call that he was dying, and I didn't want to turn around. And uh -huh. the Holy Spirit's like, turn around, son. I did. Drove back. And that night he accepted Christ. Man. An 82-year-old man. Mm. Um, you remember when I won a hearing with the construction workers? Right. I was on a job site and just kept hitting these men with scripture, and they were just rotten guys. And finally, one night, they just all were like sitting there like, so what you got? And it's like, we, for like an hour, we spoke Christ. We got an open Bible info, and they were just like little kids at a candy store just asking me questions. And I texted Pastor Ben. I was like, what was that? These guys that were so aggressive were just eating it up. Um, I think that's faithfulness, listening to the Holy Spirit, um, walking away from inappropriate situations. You, you know, that's every day at my job. You know, guys looking at stuff on their phones, um, having confidence to preach, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Kevin Pulse, he's like, I don't know how you guys do it. That's not a knock on him. That's oh, just, no. But it's as fearful. Until, until you do it, it it's yeah, hard to understand what goes into it. You um, and then uh, when um, the rain was coming down on the Easter Walk just a couple of years ago, that big old storm was about to smash us. And I, I know everybody here was praying for that storm to go away and just trusting and knowing. And 
I believed and you felt bet. it was going to be good, and it did. It went right around us. So I long-winded, but yeah, the Holy Spirit actually, he just speaks to me through feelings and heart. And you bet. So I think um, when you're growing in your walk, I think Gavin kind of touched on it, but not comparing yourself to someone else's right. walk. So um, I heard a saying once, and I've kind of adopted it, that comparison is the stealer of joy. Mm. When you're con- and that can go for a lot of different sure. areas of your life. It can apply to your job, to your marriage, to your finances, to your children. Like if you're constantly comparing, you're gonna constantly feel like you're not adding up. Right. And I think that's true with your faith. Like you might think of someone that you really look up to and instead of um, maybe using that as a mentor kind of scenario, you're, you're more jealous or more like, well, I can't, why yeah, am I, could, I not I that never way? Do I that, can't right. get like that. Right. And you, you, you can't compare yourself to someone else's walk. Um, not that you shouldn't have a mentor, but you shouldn't right. let it beat you down. Um, for myself personally, I was thinking of, um, for me, I've never been the type that I can just crack open the Bible and pull everything I need out of just that scripture. I'm a huge fan of Bible studies. So when I've started getting into um, different Bible studies, it opens up a whole lot more of understanding and then the scripture memory that it encourages. And so then here you're in a situation where, and this has happened, where uh, you're like, oh gosh, I don't know what to say. Lord, give me something. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to this person. And a scripture comes to mind. Or I read in a Bible study once. Or, you know, I heard a preacher say, and those things come to mind. And right. I do feel like that's the Holy Spirit giving me that because there's been times where I thought, I am not smart enough to come up with that on my own. I did not just produce that. That um, that was the Holy Spirit using me or um, speaking to me. Or, um, some, or if you've been in a situation, I'm sure, where... Um, Maybe you're down, maybe you're stressed, you know, fill in the blank, and you've, a scripture came to mind. Um, I feel like that's the Holy Spirit, uh, how I perceive talking to me, that is, because, of course, I don't hear an audible voice. But what I've noticed in looking back in my faith is, I guess, where I have grown. And what I mean is, there are things that used to be funny that aren't funny anymore. Or there's things that I would have watched that movie and not thought twice about it, and now I can't even make it through the first five minutes. Or normally I would have joined in and laughed with everybody else that's laughing about it, and instead I have to distance myself from it. So, I mean, those are things where I think when your people are saying, I don't the Holy Spirit's not speaking to me, well, what we might call like my conscience didn't let me do it maybe. Somebody might say I just, it was on my conscience, or I, I didn't feel... Like I could do that anymore. That is, in some respect, you growing in Absolutely. your walk. Um, with your Holy analogy, Spirit. Which dog do you feed? Right. You know, the good right. angel, the bad angel, or the right. devil and the angel. That I, I believe from as long as I can remember the cartoons. It's inherently in us that that's that conscience is the spirit speaking with you. Yeah. Like you say, God woos everybody. Right. I believe the same thing. So. Yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of got off track no, here, but it's it making me think about that. So the word is exposure. As you expose yourself to the commentaries, to the Bible studies, you grew. Right. As you exposed yourself to God calling you to a closer relationship with him, which that, that's the pivot, you know, that it goes around, you grew. As you experienced God in, in your life and such, you grew. Um, as I tried to give myself, if you will, to the study of God's word for the, for the sake of preaching, which is what he had called me to, I grew. And 
you know, every time I would go to a seminar or whatever, I, I would grow, you know, because I would expose myself to these teachers and preachers of God's word and the such. I, I think if, if there were to be, quote, unquote, a, a secret, you know, lesson in all of this, for me, it is making up your mind, and, and every one of you have done that, making up your mind, I am going to do what God has called me to do. I am going to be a witness. I am going to be holy. I am going to be an example for God. Well, as you do that, I mean, God, uh, th that's, like, that's like one of your boys coming to you and saying, Mom, I am going to do every part of my homework that my teacher assigns to me. I'm going to ask her if there's more that I can do. I am to be going to become the best mathematician that I can, you know, what, fill in the blank. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you were just like, oh, my gosh. You know, and so God is the same way. He's our father. And when we walk up to him and say, I, I want to get involved, I want to get involved, he's going to talk to us. Well, what do we think when the scripture says, teach your child in the way they mm -hmm. should know that it never departs them? Right. What do you think is, you know, it's not going to be an audible voice. It's going to be something speaking to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they might not ever pick up a book or a Bible again. But when they are raised in a church or they're taught scripture, it will reach them in different areas. And that's absolutely the Holy Spirit. So my number one game changer uh, quote thing, if you will, that I've discovered that I love and I can't say it enough. And I know I've said it here repeatedly in our small group on Sunday mornings. I say this all the time, but I never I haven't been alone for 16 years. My boys are pushing 17 years old. I have not been alone for years, period. Well, in my car is the only time I'm alone, driving to work and back. And in the last few years, I have gotten into the habit of listening to sermons on YouTube or finding um, specific preachers I like and going to their websites or listening to podcasts or fill in the blank. That time, instead of just being 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back, now it's four hours a week, if not more, of just listening to awesome preaching Amen. or just Bible discussion or fill in the blank. It has been a game changer. And I feel like I've grown so much in my just general knowledge of theology and just so many topics. Um, I would have never done. And I mean, thank goodness our technology has changed enough that here you've just got a phone. You That's can, it. you can pull up the best teachers it in can the world. be the best Amen. thing in the world or your cell phone can be Bot the radio worst. network. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm sold on that. I, that's one thing that for me has changed greatly in the last few years has just been exposing myself to a whole lot of good teaching Amen. outside of, of course, being here. But Your ministry was designed to bless you as well as keep you moving in the right direction. The result of your faithfulness is the blessing to others. That's from Christina Fogg. Amen. Good stuff. All right. So our next topic is odd and there's nobody to blame but me but I have to just set this up because sometimes I think God allows you to experience things sometimes and I'm just gonna have to tell the story so Saturday we took uh, my daughter and a friend to this little like side of the highway animal encounter like a, an animal it's not a zoo it's more of an experience it's between St. Clair and Sullivan along the highway um, and it's what you might expect for an animal encounter on the side of a highway between St. <laughs> Clair and Sullivan. I happen to love this place because I'm an absolute zoo geek. I love it. Uh, and so we're, 
we're there and the, you're very close to the animals. It's not like going to the zoo. They're not in these habitats that are millions of dollars and, you know, right. concrete barricades and all of this hoopla and, you know, safety measures to the nth degree. There's just chain link fence, two or three feet, chain link fence, and that's with the animal's enclosure. And so you get really close to the animals. Uh, it's just really neat. So uh, you've got, you know, here's the bear, and he was kind of playing with the ball, and that was cute. And then you go past these, uh, some hybrid tiger thing, and it's just laying there doing nothing. <laughs> and then the next group, there's these two tigers, and they're also laying there doing nothing. Stared at them forever. Nothing. We get to the lions. Same thing. Lions are just laying there. They are not moving. They're just, you know, like... They'd eaten too much, and they're, it was after Easter dinner for them. They're just not doing anything. Well, my husband bends over, and there are signs everywhere that say, do not provoke the animals. <laughs> and he was not, in his defense, provoking the animal. We're just literally standing there, and he bends over and is just kind of looking at this lion real close, like just looking at, at its face. Right. And I guess the lion, I don't know what lion's typical behaviors are, but it opens its eyes and catches my husband bending down, looking him in the eyes, and this enormous beast of an animal all of a sudden springs to life and just goes, like this guttural roar, like I have never, I swear to you, I think my hair flew back behind me, product and all. It was just, it was un, I'm telling, I am not exaggerating. I had gone to the bathroom 10 minutes before, but if I hadn't, things would have gone differently. the same thing about John. He oh my goodness. It was something. It's at that moment you're thinking, chain link is not enough. It's exactly what I thought. And here Johnny, and not fast enough. he's not that concerned because he knows he only has to outrun me. Not a problem. <laughs> Insurance is paid up. He's not worried at all. I was like, we're getting out of here. Get the girls. Like, it was, it, I mean, this thing, have you ever heard in, you know, no, real life no, a no, lion not, roar? No. So a, a few years ago at the zoo, we did hear a lion <clears> roar, <throat> but it was just kind of like, mm. not, you know, it wasn't, yeah. you know, and we were, oh, wow, that was really something. Right. This is from me to Tom. This thing lets loose like an angry, you know, and we're driving on the way home and I'm still just kind of taking all this in because it really <laughs> did rattle me. And I was like, John, did, did that make you vibrate? And he goes, it shook everything in me to the core. And I was like, I think my soul left my body briefly. It was, it was really, Matrix. oh man, it was, it was an experience. It was, I, it was worth the price of Did admission. Did you go home and watch Lion King? No. So, okay, so fast forward, that was Saturday. There's a lot of setup, I apologize. But on Very good Sunday, setup, we're loving it. We're singing one of my favorite songs anyway. Right. But when the, song, the chorus, it says, and out of the silence, the roaring, roaring lion. lion, and talking about Jesus coming up right. out of that grave. Great. And I am still, like, I'm feeling still the vibration, and I'm not kidding, <laughs> vibration in my chest from that thing screaming in our face. And I was like, you know what? I have experienced a roaring lion, and it is not any joke. Like, that right. song had a whole new yeah. symbolism that it didn't. Yeah, thank you. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no hold on me. Amen. Amen. And that was an experience. And I think, 
I was seriously Sunday like, God, did you let me experience that just for this just moment for in time for this to understand <laughs> what a roaring lion <laughs> is declaring coming out of that grave? Because I get it. I get it. Hey, reckoning back to the spirit talking to you. Right. I'm you know? telling you. So, and God's like, no, just make sure Johnny doesn't stare at our <laughs> I know. Lesson learned. If you're in Africa and you yeah, come across, don't stare. Don't stare. No eye contact. Don't get your cell phone out and, you know, try they, to record. They've even, I've heard people say that, but not, not necessarily to a client, but just animals like that. Don't look them right now. They nope. take that as a, you know, uh, they don't front. Want, clearly, they don't e- like it, but there's no sign that said that. Is going yeah. to happen. <laughs> You don't, want you don't want to be involved either. in They one. need one to post signs that say, if this thing wants out, it's probably going to, don't stare him in the face. Don't like, stare him in the face. That should also right. be a sign. Um, but, but I couldn't agree more as far as, you know, because I, and I do, I love that song. And anything that refers to a roaring mm-hmm. lion, I, I love it. Well, there's a lot of scriptures that bring, yes. that come to so, life in that. Yeah. Satan marches back and forth throughout the earth as a roaring lion. Right. You can see why a lot of prey would flush when that happened. <laughs> Everything in hiding and takes off, and it, and they expose themselves to prey. Correct. So that is, in essence, the topic for this is um, the symbolism of the lion in the Bible. So, so uh, the Bible calls Jesus uh, the lion, the tribe, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, and you, you, in your text, you said, um, what's the comparison or the difference between Jesus the lamb? And Jesus the lion. Because they call him the lion and the lamb. The lion so, and the lamb, right. So the lamb is the sacrifice, you know, uh, so he came as a lamb unto slaughter. Uh, when a lamb goes to slaughter, the lamb does not protest. The lamb just basically lets the person do what he has to do. And that's what Jesus was. Jesus did not protest. Uh, he let the Roman soldiers and the people that were killing him do what they had to do. Uh, and so that's the comparison. And, of course, it's also tied to the sacrificial system in the Old Testament uh, and that the ultimate sacrifice in that sacrificial system was a spotless lamb. Uh, and there was this huge rigmarole that you had to go through to get your lamb approved. It had to be without blemish, yada, yada, yada. And the priests would have to approve of every lamb because it was to be a perfect picture of Christ coming to be the, the Lamb of God. Uh, now, just a little aside, that's also one of the areas and the reasons why Jesus overthrew the tables in the temple was because it had become a money laundering system. Uh, nobody's lamb would pass. So they just so happened to have a lamb back here for you, but you had to buy pre-qualified. it at exorbitant, pre-qualified. You just had to pay the 16 times the price type thing. Uh, so anyway, uh, of course, you know, everybody knew that. Everybody knew how it worked, so they brought plenty of money with them. You know, they would bring their lamb just in hoping in case, you know, but, but still uh, the reality is. So Jesus uh, is the spotless lamb, uh, and then, of course, the Lion of Judah. You know, I, I tried to find it. I'm pretty sure there's reference in Proverbs to, you know, it talks about four beasts that are comely and they're going. Proverbs 30. There you go. And... Uh, the, the lion is one of those. The and lion which is strongest among beasts and turneth not away from any. Right. And that's probably where the whole, uh, the lion being the, uh, what's the term that most people use? King, the king, king of, of the, the jungle. jungle. Right. Yeah. King of the jungle. Uh, the king of beasts. And so uh, it's, it's fitting that Jesus would be there. Of course, Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. 
uh, and Judah was, if you will, in quotations, a favored tribe of Israel out of the 12. And uh, it's Revelation, uh, the last I book. I think it's, is it chapter 5? I was trying to dig through some and find, uh, I listened to several sermons, but I didn't get to the part where it spells out, I need um, about three more hours worth of John MacArthur's exposition of um, Revelations <laughs> to get through all of it, but... I think it was I, Revelation. It was around uh, five-ish. Yeah, five-five. Five. <laughs> to display author, absolute authority and power over all creation, a lion may be king of the jungle, but the lion of Judah is the king of kings. So, you know, in my humble opinion, that that's really all there is to it. But the symbolism is rich, uh, and and you know, Brother Gavin's right that that they did. Peter used the lion as a reference to the devil because the old toothless lion would set up on the prey and the lionesses uh, would set up on the escape routes, and he would, when he would roar, uh, the little animal would take one of those escape routes and go into the teeth of a young lioness. Uh, so you're safer to walk straight towards that roar than you are to go to your escape route, and, and because fear is what leads to a lot of bad decisions um, and, and the such. And so uh, the toothless roaring lion can do nothing to you, uh, and, and God has certainly detoothed the lion, the devil, uh, by overcoming the, the grave. Um, Other than sin. make your bones shake. Y yes. Apparently well, it can make your bones shake. They will. And, it will vibrate. your soul. Your soul will leave yeah. your body and come back. Right. Well, to be a Christian is to be Christ-like, but the, right. the thing is, is when you're facing an enemy, you want to follow the lion. You know, but also when you are the enemy or the aggressor, you need to look at the meekness and humbleness of Christ being the lamb. Right. You know, and I think we can relate more to being the lamb than being the lion. I think in most situations, if we choose the lesser and the humble and the meekness and the, you know, who doesn't want to hold on, oh, baby lamb. You right, know? Right, right. And I think, you know, if we are on the side of that, we can be more Christ-like than road raging and, sure. you know, and, and all that stuff. I think we want to be the lion but there's, there's only one. Uh, right. right. Well, and I, for me, I think the key is uh, knowing that if you're facing alcoholism, uh, the, the Lion of Judah will give you the victory, you know, because right. he overcame. Uh, and if you're counseling somebody that is bet. in that, be more like the lamb and you humble bet. and meek and bring them in. You bet. Good and, what, and what two polar opposites, you know, that to describe God? He is all things. Right. You know, you don't look at a lion and think, oh, how cute, you know. Right. He encompasses both of those. It, That's exactly it encompasses right. everything in between. So that he's the lion and the lamb is the you know from one spec end of the spectrum to the other. The the he represents the seed and the seed to the sower and bread to the eater in Isaiah fifty five. Everything in between. Uh, so he, he's the alpha and omega, start to finish. Right. Uh, in all things, he is more than a conqueror and the uh, weakest most vulnerable uh, of beings as well. Well, and I guess that's what I was thinking more of with the symbolism of the lion is that he is the conqueror. Right. And in the end, and in Revelations, when they're talking about what the end will look like, he is the ultimate avenger, if you will, the ultimate overcomer. The event, you know, He is going to exact um, complete justice in the end. I like how uh, the Chronicles of Narnia presents the lion. Aslan. Yeah, yeah Aslan. And um, I, you know, as a kid, I didn't read those books, uh, but I really do enjoy the movies. My brother read all of them, and he, he loved them. 
and, and it's, it's full of Christian symbolism. Um, the, the same fellow that wrote uh, Lord of the Rings, correct? No, wrote, they were friends. Oh, that's right, uh, that's right. C.S. Lewis and yep. uh, Tolkien. Yep. Tolkien. L Lewis wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Mm -hmm. Tolkien wrote uh, Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings is full uh, of mm -hmm. Christian symbolism as well. Um, I, w I wouldn't suggest using it as a Bible study. I'm just saying that there, there are some strong symbolism biblical there. themes, right? So I'm going to be like Tom for a minute and have the your poetic kind of artistic mind and you you know, but I I wondered in heaven, will there be lions in heaven? Will there be lambs? Will there will there be well, any animals? Will that. we be able to, like, you know, ultimately the little kid in me is like I'd love to lay down next to a lion and pet the lion. Is that I don't know. I mean, this is these are things that like to me that would be heaven is to be around animals and not have any okay. fear of them. The ox and the lion are going to both eat straw together. I mean, that, that's a reference. Uh, um, I, I ran across it when we were doing when I was doing a study for this. But and yes, the lion and lamb will sleep together. Sleep right? together. Um, the lion will eat straw with the oxen. I mean, it's so there's there's no aggression or um, there's no sus sustaining of life by taking life in heaven. Um, so Ben keeps hoping that. There are deer there that will di have dying grace for, for hunting, but <laughs> they're going to be I'm one big sure circle surrounding that. <laughs> Just all right, buddy. Send the next one in. Well, uh, mine would be rotisserie chickens. Just a lot of them waiting for me. <laughs> oh my god! Bacon. What are we going to do without bacon? Chasing rabbits. Surely there'll be bacon in heaven. Yeah. Surely. <laughs> Oh, that had nothing to do with anything. That was totally free. Forgive us, Lord. That <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. Oh, so topic three. Um, this one's kind of just for fun. But um, what are your favorite things about spring? Um, sp anything spring. Uh, the springtime, Easter time, resurrection, um, things in certain, just the feel of this time of year. Aside from the th horrific thunderstorms as... <laughs> As of earlier. Right. There's sort of, Brian, I may be big, or not Brian, Brad, because uh, it's showing red, so I may not be amplified right now. Uh, rebirth. You know, for me, spring is about rebirth. Uh, you look out, and two weeks ago the grass was completely brown. Now it's completely green. Uh, it's rebirth. Uh, you, you put a seed in the ground. Uh, that seed has to physically die, uh, but then a, a sprout comes from it. And so uh, th that's exciting to me, and, and I don't think there's any accident, if you will, that spring is tied to the resurrection, you know, and the such. Uh, and, and rebirth is what every one of us longs for and needs on a spiritual level, and it's what Christ has intended for us through the resurrection, is that we would, uh, you know, all, all things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The uh, wildlife or the the um, critters coming to life is what gets me started. Spring peepers are always uh, a, a comfort to me. When I hear the spring peepers for the first time, there's a pond back in the woods that you can't see from the road on Highway K, but that's the first place I always hear I'm going home. And I think about those, that species has been singing that song for millennia. For generations, they've heard the same song that they've been singing in the springtime, and it's been a marker, I'm sure, for the first um, 
first days of spring when you hear, the, hear those peepers. So new life is coming, a new start on uh, the season, um, the growing season, the busy season. Um, it's coming to life again. So the, the changing of the seasons to me is always, and not just spring, but fall, winter. They're, it's always this, I look forward to it because it's something fresh. You've got a fresh uh, air about it. Well, I think we also have a unique perspective because, like, California don't have the four seasons like we Correct. have. Or, you know, if you live yeah. up in Wyoming. A deep winter. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was accused one time of my spirituality. They said, well, what if you were born in, like, Iraq? Don't you think? I'm like, well, I'm guilty by birth. You know, yeah. the, the oh, faith yeah. I have. I said, but I think it's the same thing with our understanding of spring and rebirth. You know, we're, we're blessed to have four seasons. Right. Or Hawaii. Yeah, you know, they don't have that. You know, it's, it's constant. They're in paradise. But with here, one of mine is um, a sense of accomplishment, you know, that it's like, wow, we made it. You made know, it, made it through winter. With that new. And flow. COVID. Yeah. It, and, <laughs> you know. Yet, bro. Oh, no, yeah, very, very. It brings, like, with the resurrection trust, I trust that it will happen again. Hope that it will happen right, again. Right, right, right. Um, and the faithfulness that, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, that when it gets those last couple of weeks of gray and brown and. Right when the yard turns into like chocolate pudding, I'm at my lowest <laughs> point of depression, you know. And then just in a couple weeks, like you said, yeah. that that new growth, the flowers, uh, trees budding. Yeah, I, I used it as a a. a uh, how would you, I used it as an illustration Sunday, joking with my wife, uh, but you know, we were having our first for in a long time sunrise service, and Saturday night it was completely innocent on her part. But she wanted to know, don't, don't, shouldn't you have gone up there and seen where the sun comes up so you'll know where to point the chairs? And I just looked at her like a mule looking at a new gate. I said, babe, <laughs> sun's been coming up in the same spot for 6,000 years. And she just looked at me. <laughs> well, well, that's not what I mean. I said, babe, it comes out of the east. And, and, and the east is that way, you know. And, and then she's like, no, I mean right there where Bethel's at. How do you, I said, babe, I've been here 23 years. I know where the sun's going to come up. And so here's the thing that blesses me. For 6,000 years, 365 days a year, the sun has come up in the east. And, and like you say, the four seasons, you know, if you live in a state or country that has four seasons, it happens every year, roughly around the same time, you know, uh, within a month. Uh, of the same time, the the ch the weather changes. You know, y you guys here in Missouri, we can set our clock by it. That mid September by absolutely mid October, you're going to have 40 degree nights, and you're probably going to have 60 to 70 degree leaves days. Leaves are going to fall. Leaves are going to fall, right? Uh, and then you know, first of January, you're going to tap those trees because the yeah. sap's rising. You know, yeah. and you just go from there. Thank God's perfect design. I always right. think about that. You know, people who love clearing their yards, I right. like to remind them leaves are insulation for the Correct. ground, you know. And just the way he designed everything to protect itself, to sustain through hard times. And then, yeah, the, the spring winds blow the leaves away, the flowers come up. You know, just like in the fall, when the fall winds come in and blow all the leaves off the trees, and it's just it's cyclical. Yeah. And it, it amazes me that God created with that contingency. So if if man didn't fall, which we, he had to have known he would, he still built into the system trees that would survive season changes. I'm presuming there was no season changes in the original creation. Uh, Chris, Christine Fogg reminds us that hurricanes and volcanoes also happen. They're, they're changes as well. You bet. <laughs> Her, in, in, oh, in, in Hawaii. They create right. life. It's, not all, it's yeah. not all paradise. That's right. Ouch. That's fine. <laughs>
So, uh, you know, like you say, the, the, probably the biggest encouragement for me for spring is that new birth, you know, or rebirth, you know, we're, we're getting a new shot, you know, um, and even though I, I, I haven't gone deep enough into this area of life, but it, it seems pretty cyclical, you know, for, for a lot of birds uh, that, that they start laying eggs, you know, at the springtime and, and such, uh, a, lot of, a lot of animals are birthed around this time and such of that nature. Uh, there are certainly some animals that birth throughout the year. Yeah, but you hear the coyote pup start howling. Sure, and, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Anything else along the lines uh, that, that have biblical themes about springtime uh, to you, or, or is that, that the main thing, the, the change of the seasons or the, the rebirth? It's another testament to God's faithfulness. Right. I, you know, that season comes where a new life starts, and every year so far, uh, it comes, and it's it's a relief, it's refreshing, it's uh, if you haven't already, you can say it's a new day. Um, every, God's mercies are new new every morning, but uh, springtime just seems like a good time to wipe the clay, the split, well, you slate know, clean and start spring over. cleaning, right? You know, most people know what that means. You know, get in the garage and clean her out, you know, go to the basement, clean her out, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. That's when you see most of your new rainbows for the year. You know, I saw one coming down the hill today. You know, and uh, I get back in Genesis and read that again. You know, it takes new meaning when you read it and then see a rainbow a couple days later. You know, that's that's another way God speaks, I believe. You know, that's he's not audible television. I've set my bow in the clouds. For the first time in my life, the rainbow ended on me. I actually had a rainbow. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You were the leprechaun? Is that what you're trying to say? I must have been. (laughs) I was the only one there. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So I just Um, passed uh, Brother Ben uh, in my Bible. That was in like 2004. I was on the Indian Ocean on an island, and that stretched from horizon to horizon in a, a rainbow. Never seen one bigger than that. That, you know? that's huge. Just, that was God talking to me in the middle of the ocean. Right Amen. Uh, I just sent Brad a picture of my the rainbow. It so, comes right down onto my car. A couple of weeks ago, and I've shared a little bit about it, we had a, a family come and uh, had some real needs, and we talked about it. The very next day, had a little rainstorm, and there was a double rainbow. And uh, took a picture of it and sent it to the person and said, I believe God's trying to encourage yeah. you, you know, stay type thing. I stay with it. That's exactly right. You know, guys, and that's the thing, we're talking about listening uh, and, and growing and, and hearing and such. When And, and I, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here. I feel like every person that is sitting out here is involved in the ministry. Uh, I know ways that you are involved in the ministry and the such. Uh, and so... Hopefully you know and agree with what I'm saying, and that is is that as you get involved in the kingdom work, you get hungry. And when you get hungry and go to God, he's going to feed you. And, and that, you know, that, that cyclical thing there. Ask, seek, knock. Yeah, that's I, right. I've, I've never had a, I can't remember having a conflict or something that I needed an answer to and going to him and not getting some kind of an answer for it. And and I, th- I think God waits for us to do that. He's in, excuse me, Gavin. Let me let me let me help you. There. He says you have he, not because you ask not. Right. He waits till you come to him and come into the throne room boldly. Yeah, I have storehouses full of blessings for you. Here, here it, it is. 
Oh, yep, sure enough. Comes right down on my hood. <laughs> That's me. I was going to say maybe the person in front of you. It almost <laughs> looks like they're coming. But it comes <laughs> all the way down I to my hood. I thought he was going to show yeah. us a picture of his car with a sign, a sign that looks like a rainbow had fallen on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was. No, and you can see even on the hood there, the, yeah. the, the yeah. colors. Yeah. That's awesome. We've First seen that in St. Clair coming down onto the highway. You know, and the we, kids wanted to go over there and see what was at the end of it. But, yeah, that's a great picture. It's me. No pot of gold then? No pot of gold. We've First got a little bit of time. You guys got a, got something you want to, are we going to wrap it up? I got, we, we don't normally have, go ahead. I was going to uh, share kind of a, a funny that happened to me on, when we went down to the RZIM. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'm going to share it again. Some, some, if you're going to be here tomorrow, uh, Sunday evening, I'm going to share it again. The, the things that God does to talk to me and to put to kind of uh, put me in check or get my attention, this is the kind of thing. It's 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 humiliating things that God does. Gavin, yeah, just just take take a minute here. Sure. Think about this. So I'm we're, he. There was a meeting in Orlando with a very well known Christian apologist who's fallen from grace recently. And we were at the meeting and just had gotten there. And, you know, I'm from the, I'm a bumpkin from the woods here in Missouri. Um, raised on a farm, uh, have for the lot, you know, all my life hunted squirrels and been around squirrels all my life. Squirrels come right up on me in deer season, all, the, oh, yeah. all of that stuff. So really good experience with squirrels. Well, we're walking from, I'm walking from the hotel to where the car is parked. And I hear this squirrel just going. That's a good squirrel game. Yeah, I'm going to just go into town. And I, I'm looking around, and th there's nothing but palm trees, coconut trees all around me. And I'm like, there's no oak trees. There's no yeah. acorns here. That's and why he was it, complaining. <laughs> I, I, Somebody I dropped think, him off I in Florida. He, <laughs> I think he found a coconut. That's why he, ah. he was crowing about a coconut. Yeah. And I, I just got that Look picture. At Leave this, but I, I there was kind of like God, God saying, you know, Gavin, you, you're the squirrel, the portion sizes are bigger here. <laughs> Behave yourself, keep keep your place. Just kind of felt like that was the mess, message that. So, so yes, <laughs> little, little, I'm a Missouri squirrel and a coconut tree, and that's good, handling oh. things much bigger than my that I'm qualified to handle. So, how much time we got left? Uh, about five minutes. Well, I got a spiritual squirrel story. That's her. I was uh, witnessing to one of them construction workers one day, and he uh, was asking me about reincarnation. And he had served time in prison, um, and he got out, and unfortunately he's back in prison now. But um, he was asking me about, do you believe in reincarnation? Well, this, we were on top of a building you know, mm -hmm. down in Barnes Jewish Hospital talking. I said, no, but I'm curious, why do you believe this? He said, well, the last time I was locked up, he said my brother had been killed. And uh, he said that every time I would uh, leave the chow hall and go to my, my cell, he said the squirrel would come down out of the tree and he would just follow me. And he said this happened every day like clockwork. And he's like, I just always felt like it was my brother walking with me, you know. And he's like, so, so what do you think about that? And kind of like what you've told me before, I said, well, something blesses you. Yeah. Allow it to bless you. Yeah. But um, as you know, and I felt bad because I think I crushed his whole world, but I said, have you ever fed that squirrel before? <laughs> he's like, 
oh, he's my brother. Man. He's like, I was like, I was like, he's probably used to you feeding him. That's why he's walking. But it opened up a wonderful conversation. Sure. No, we don't believe in reincarnation. Was your brother saved? Are right. you saved? You know. Right. So, Amen. So the, yeah, there's, the, yeah, there's my spiritual squirrel story. <laughs> well, so I'll stay with the animal theme here. Uh, one of my favorite jokes, and he's talking about the squirrel finding the large coconut. Uh, the rooster uh, taking his hens to the ostrich egg, and he says, I'm not finding any fault with what you're doing, ladies. I just want you to see what they're doing in other places. <laughs> <laughs> I have used that at, at churches for, for years. Uh, if, if pastors aren't careful, uh, and, and I heard another preacher call it this, but he gets into ecclesiastical pornography, looking at the larger churches and reading stories about the larger churches and quote-unquote more successful pastors and all that. And before you know it, he gets dissatisfied, yeah. you know. And and if he's not careful, he takes that out on his people. Familiarity breeds contempt. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, it was Todd West that God used to teach me about assignment. And, and that is something that when Tara was talking earlier, uh, that, that it, it came to mind it's about assignment, that where God has you right now is most likely where he wants you. And, oh, comparison. She was talking about when we start comparing, you know. Uh, and, and let's face it, it doesn't take us very long to find a bunch of people that have, quote, unquote, better stuff than we have, they have more stuff than we have. Better you know, relationship with whatever, the Whatever, yeah, right. And, and so before you know it, you're just, you're just, you know, my life stinks, you know, or whatever. Well, so you got to ask yourself. Am I where God wants me? And and if you're where God wants you, you know, then you get back to bloom where you're planted, you know. Uh, when when God brought me uh, back in, in 97, 98, 99, there was one song that I sang pretty much every Sunday morning before we had church. I sang it in this auditorium, and that was Little Is Much When God Is In It. And uh, Bill Gaither's uh, trio or quartet, sings it very well, and I'd get in that sound booth. Of course, it wasn't that sound booth at the time, but I'd get in the sound booth that was here, and I'd crank that thing up, and I'd listen to it at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, and just jam out to little as much when God was in it, and, and it, would, it would be how I basically prepared for, you know, what was going to happen in that day. Um, and uh, so it's just so important for us to, you know, make sure, and, and you know, I, I don't really like the phraseology of, positivity and thinking positive thoughts because, you know, the secular humanism has taken those words and, you know, hijacked them. The reality is, is that God's word is very positive. The Holy Spirit is very positive. And we've talked a lot about self-talk. You know, it's very important for us to encourage ourselves with biblical, you know, positive messages. Yeah, it just reminded me of that scripture verse, uh, why take you thought for your raiment, consider the lilies of the valley, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Um, there's, it's being who God made you to be and thriving in the ground that he planted you in is the, um, I guess, the theme or, or something you can frame in that, in that conversation you're talking about. The lilies don't make the choice of where they're planted, but everything that they need is already in them um, and just need to cultivate it. And God, God's, way, God's hoping or I don't think hoping is the right word, but he's doing everything he can to get us to cultivate what he has for us to do. 
the he relationship began he a good works. work in you will complete it. Amen. Yes. Stop, stop looking at the, the sunflowers down the road. Uh, be the lowly where he planted you. Amen. Good stuff. Well, guys, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, may the Lord bless you. You got uh, topic ideas, send them to us. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.